Hi, I'm Antonella. And I'm Emma, and we're More Than Meets the Eye. We're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. So we're back with our fourth fourth episode, episode four. of season three. Did you think we'd be here? Did we <laughs> think we'd be here? Who knows? But we're here. I'm honestly proud that we've been maintaining this, but yeah. I think it's good that we... I think it's been good for us, too. Yeah, it yeah. gives me something to do other than just be in my home. <laughs> And uh, do nothing. So let's give a quick quick recap for what our podcast is. It's basically um, we talk about aesthetics and how they can apply to like fashion and film and music. Um, this week we're just talking about a specific aesthetic, whereas some weeks we'll do like PCAs, mm-hmm. which are pop culture aesthetics. Do you want to like explain what a pop culture aesthetic is? So sometimes we choose uh, sometimes we choose a specific album or movie and we talk about the aesthetics within those um, two things and we usually just pick albums that we like, movies that we like and we just talk about it for like an hour. Yeah. Um and but this time we're doing a more general aesthetic that can be found in music and movies. So this week we're doing Rococo, which I mean, to call it an aesthetic is very, like, is reducing it by a lot because it is like an entire like art and culture movement. But I think, like, especially the way we use the mm-hmm. word aesthetic, like, it's kind of like the broadest term for me. Like, saying, like, calling it an aesthetic is like saying that it can really apply to so many different things. And I think for Rococo, especially, like, that is so true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like so awkward right now. I don't know why. I think, like, I'm just something like set me off, and now I'm just feeling weird. Okay, so Antonella, how did you discover Rococo? Like, how did? Mm-hmm. What was your first encounter? Did it have an impact on your life? Well, I took an art history course last year, and of course, we covered the Rococo art movement, which is a very like significant part of the art world and in painting, um, and. I really, like, I, I don't know, art history wasn't my favorite course, but I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed that period of art because it was very, That's uh, surprising. I feel like, like, I, although I appreciate it, like, I feel like, for you, I'm surprised. That's like Well, one of the I think it like... was the easiest, like, in terms of that class, like, it was easiest to, like, grasp onto and oh, understand, okay. like, it's, you know, background and the key components of it because some of the art we went over was very like convoluted and just like the different art periods well, I were took, very like I took the first part of that course with you, you so did. I know <laughs> oh, that course was so hard I mean you like I was able to do it like first semester but you should have seen me second semester in that course I was really just like hanging on <laughs> <laughs> like I'm surprised I finished well but it was <sighs> it was rough um but yeah mainly so so much of like the artistic style is is directly seen in the fashion so it's very like a um, concise and um, consistent through art music yeah fashion like it's pretty much across the board like there's a few characteristics that we could mainly say that fit for all of those yeah no uh, sectors I think during the research something that I found interesting about it was that there really is like it kind of impacted all corners of like what we call aesthetic mm-hmm. so like it's cool that it's like that relevant to yeah it was that relevant well it spread all over Europe 
started in France and then worked its way through the rest of Europe and impacted the art and music in Italy and Germany, all over the world. Mostly just Europe, but at that time. Um, okay. So we can get into this. How have you learned about Rococo? Say that again. How have you personally known about Rococo? Clear your throat and say it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How have you um, learned about Rococo? Um, I didn't. <laughs> I think we were talking about what aesthetics to do this season, and you were like, Rococo. And I was like, I think I have a vague idea of what that might be. Um, I honestly thought it was going to be a lot more like, I thought it was Italian, and I thought it was like going to be like pottery. I don't know why. <laughs> no, it's good. It was going to no. be like a lot more pottery based. And then I started doing research, and like I actually know what it is now. So yeah. like I guess that's cool. So like I didn't know what it was. So this one has really been like a learning curve for me. But like I like like I, it's cool. Like we've always talked about this, but this podcast like gives us a chance to like learn about things that like you might not necessarily Definitely. learn about otherwise. So like mm-hmm. we hope you guys like our listeners um, get that too. But like for us, it's like. I mean, that's why we keep doing it, you know? Yeah. No, totally. I definitely appreciate what this has done for me, like, just listening to new music, too, and discovering new fashion. Okay. So, let's get into the definition of what Rococo yes. is, the historical yes. background, and... All of it. Let's definitely more history is on, on this. Okay. Historical. <clears throat> so, it started in France, as I said before. Um, and it, the, ro- the name Rococo is kind of like a weird word because it doesn't necessarily sound French to me anyways. It and does I, not. And I see why you thought it was Italian because it does not look like a French word. But the f- real French word it is from is ro- Rocaille. 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 Rocaille, right. The French classes are coming in right now. Oh, um, <laughs> the, the The French classes. Notre, uh, notre cœur notre en français. Oui. Uh, Mm-hmm. So I guess the word rokai comes from rocks because yeah. So I found like a few different like like two different places that it maybe came from. Mm-hmm. So rokai apparently is rock. Um, let me double check that that's actually what it translates to directly. Because um, I didn't do that before. Because I'm dumb. No. Okay. So, the direct translation is, like, rocky ground, stony ground. Mm -hmm. It also just kind of directly translates to Rococo. Right. Um, But the two different, uh, like, kind of derivatives of the word, like, where it came from that I found, were uh, there's, like, the big influence of, like, the shell pattern that's used a lot so like the idea of like shells that's where like kai came from yeah like the shells Um, and rocks that people were decorating their lawns with mm -hmm. it had to do with like the rock work that they were doing but also um, like gardens the the ornaments and decorations were directly inspired by those like real shells real shells yeah yeah, yeah. um and then there's also um they would mix pebbles and shells with cement to like make this kind of like um, undersea and like nautical inspired feeling to like decor, and that's like another place where it came from mm-hmm. was having like the cement that had like rocks and shells and stuff in it. And like, I didn't know how to picture that at first, but as soon as like I saw a photo of it, I was like, oh, I know, like yeah. exactly. I feel like even the colors of it are 
But the like very pastel and kind of pinks remind me of like seashells in yeah. a way. Um, but it came after Baroque. Well, it's like late Baroque, yeah. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have two phones here? This is my mom's, this is oh. mine. <laughs> kind of They're both, it's a Sam, I don't even know, Mary. It's like I want the cheapest Android. one that she could find, so. It works for her, though. Good. Um, <laughs> anyways, what was I saying? Yeah, so it came after Baroque and um, Louis XIV's reign in France, and that was very characterized by, like, very dark and rich, like, highly symmetrical, structured mm. kind of architecture yeah. and and fashion, too. And so the contrast of Rococo is coming in being very light, uh, yeah. playful, not as structured as, like, the very intense Louis XIV like sun king rule so yeah it was definitely like a rebellion from all of that you know it was like a lot for sure different and it was like the i don't know the king but i know this is like the the next king was the one um who married marie antoinette and it's like that was that whole era was like highlighted by like spending as much money as you could and like extravagance definitely extravagance that's the word thank you motorcycle (laughs) I mean, something else I realized when I was editing the last episode was um, if there's, like, airplanes or something, like, we can't hear them, but when you're listening to it, you can hear them in the recording, and it's, like, it's probably so, like, I feel like I'm kind of, like, have tuned out everything, but it's all coming on the recording, which is so good. Um, Nature. Nature. No, it's, it's good. It's very really like rococo like aesthetic. yeah like being flowers. outside especially yeah. the motorcycles you know a lot of motorcycle motifs in rococo <laughs> definitely like harley davidson oh, style yeah. for sure dates back 18th century <laughs> um anyway um but yeah extravagance um i liked i saw the word theatrical which i thought was like accurate because mm-hmm. it's like it's very much like a little over the top, you know? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I feel like every time we talk about, like, kind of history aesthetics, like, we talked about, like, punk, which is very, like, history-based. Historical. Historical-based. Yeah. Fairies. Uh, Guys, we're on Long Island. We've got everything here. Fairies, <laughs> motorcycles, fairies. planes. Oh, my God. Like, every vehicle. Imagine. Maybe that's a, maybe it, that's a ferry, right? I think it's a ferry. Okay. The ferry's actually so close. Yeah, no, it's right down there. Like, yeah. <laughs> um... Man, and watch it like the fire department decide to start yeah, just blaring by. the siren too on top of everything else. Why not? Um, why not? <laughs> Has it happened yet in our podcast? But I would be wouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> Jungle Kitty, she's just going insane. <laughs> okay. Anyways, where are we? Um, yeah, no, I I love how when we talk about like a lot of these history based historical based. Um, aesthetics it's all about like being totally different from the previous style the previous aesthetic as a rebellion like you said um that's the case with like almost everything in history is just constantly like changing it to a point where people decide to go the other direction like extreme yeah i mean that's like not to give political but we see that with politics all the time like it always like pendulum pendulum swings and i think that happens with like you know culture and aesthetics as well Mm -hmm. as it's just like People like, and if something is so established as culture, and then people get tired of it. Yeah. So it has to swing back far. And, people, else, and then people from be. the fringes decide to like change something, and they, yeah. you know, 
It's all, and believe it or not, good old Rococo was this pendulum swing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though Rebellion. now, now we, like, look back at it and we're like, oh, that was so stuffy. Yeah. Like, powdered wigs, all this stuff, you know. Well, yeah, that too. I feel like my, before I, like, learned about it in art history, I thought, I just, like, thought of, like, powdered wigs and, like, the classic, like, old-timey, like, I don't know. I think I just confused, like, Baroque and, like, all of that as just one general, yeah. like, old 19th, yeah. 18th century, 17th century look. And that's but, not really seeing, like, a deviation between the yeah. two. But. Yeah, to us, it's, like, yeah, didn't really change. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, but a few good words to describe it, I would say, is, like, extrava- extravagance, um, like, very, like, atmosphere of fancy and mm. um, just a lot of, like, kind of a mood of, like, pleasure and happiness like a lot yes, less light. severe yeah very light very happy in, in color like like physically light but also just like the kind of fabrics the, the subjects, subjects you know like in the painting the subjects were a lot like lighter mm-hmm. they used um some spiritual motifs but like more mythical less often yeah. was it like something that was like biblical but like they did use biblical things but like the lighter stuff not as much like and also just realism, like, there was, I feel like there was a lot more, like, portraiture of, like, mm-hmm. people. Yeah, just, like, kind of depicting, like, lush landscapes mm-hmm. and just very, you know, kind of um, mystical. Her little, like, pads on the ground. I know. Just, like, Thank you. Um, so, like, you know, um, kind of like a paradise almost depicted in a lot of them. One painting that I really loved learning about was by the artist... Um, Frag, Fragonard. Fragonard. Um, Fragonard. The swing. The swing. Right? Yeah, the swing. So that one I feel like is very like, when I think of Rococo, like that's the what I think that of. That is like, people say, like art historians say that that's like the pinnacle of Rococo. Quintessential. Yeah, quintessential. Rococo. <laughs> yeah. Throw back to season one. Quintessential. That was our word. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> couldn't stop saying that one. Okay. She's sitting right in front of it like she's going to, like, record. You want to say something in the podcast, Tav Tav? Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your input. Thank you for your thoughts on Rokuko. Okay, I'm so sorry. You need to... to, I don't care. I'm Rachel's going to bite me if I try to, like, move her. So just leave her. Just leave her. Like, you literally... Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I don't care. It's okay. Uh, She's so... Just leave her. Just okay, leave her. okay, okay. So in that, so that painting shows um, a girl, um, in a like very fluffy pink dress, sitting on a swing, in this very like. No, it's not the other people oh. in the background. <laughs> I don't know, but it was very loud. I hate it here. Oh my god. Keep, keep going. Oh my god. At least we don't have the lawnmowers this time. Yeah. Well, don't now you jinxed us. I know. The lawnmowers will show up. Okay. Anyways, so back to what I was saying. Um, so that painting depicts a girl sitting on a swing, um, in a very like pink fluffy dress, and there's just this like very lush greenery surrounding her, and it's actually like if you look at the painting, there is like like this old man who's like watching her on the swing it's it's honestly it's very creepy because Wait, what yeah no so actually the the subject is like of this like man who's watching her on the swing and from his point of view this is like 
might be explicit, but like from his point of view, he could like see under her dress. Oh, the so, guy on the ground. Yeah, the guy oh, on okay. the ground. So it's like it kind of shows that a lot of like the subject was also very like kind of like quirky, a little bit like risque. Risque. No, they definitely like we're starting to get a little risque. Yeah, they're having fun. Like, yeah. <clears throat> breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. And a really good point about those kind of paintings was the style was and of the clothing was so heavily detailed in these paintings like it directly the painters directly affected the fashion in Mm -hmm. that way like if you look at the paintings there's there's the detail of the lace and there's even in fashion if we want to start talking about the look in fashion um is uh a really good example of art affecting the fashion is the Watteau pleats by the named after the artist called Antoine Watteau and uh, he was very he's called it like the founding father of um Rococo painting and um so he basically a lot of his paintings had very elaborate uh clothing for his subjects and one of those being these uh back drapery on dresses that became a very popular style I read about that, but I couldn't find, like, an example on it. So I'm still, like, curious as to what it actually is. Basically, I, it's, like, fabric hanging off the back of the dress. Okay. Kind of like a cape. Okay. But, like, very nicely draped. And, okay. Yeah, and it, like, connected to the back of the dress. Like the train? Yeah, like a train almost. Okay. But, like, starting from the shoulders. Interesting. It's, it's interesting. Is it, like, know. a cape, basically? Or it's, no? It's, like, not, because I feel like a cape is flowy. This was very just, like, went oh. down the back. Um, it was it more like a train. A Watteau. Am I saying that right? Watteau pleats. How do you say? How do you spell it? Um, w a t t e a u. Yeah, I think that seems like the right. John Antoine Watteau. I mean, um, I thought she was in the train. It's <laughs> like, why is my Wi-Fi not working? Uh, do you need the? Um, no, you gave okay. it to me last yeah. time. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, so getting into the look was, we can start doing that. <laughs> I'm just, okay, my, one of my worries is, um, the last episode was like an hour and 12 minutes long, this one's gonna be like 30 minutes long, <laughs> and like the variation is a lot. Well, our first one was like shorter, it was 35 minutes. That's true. And then, we just had a lot to say about Amy, like yeah, we just we went off about do, Amy, yeah. so, um, Okay. Oh, something I do want to mention, which kind of has to do with the look, but also has to do with art, Mm -hmm. too, was there was a lot of, um, they started experimenting with chinoiserie and japonisme, which is, like, using Chinese and Japanese motifs Mm -hmm. in the art, and you can, like, see that, and I think, you know, I don't know if it, it was probably before this, but, like, there was definitely, like, the influence of, like, trading and imperialism that, like, brought those motifs into the style world but you can see like the influence of that like oh yeah they also called it i think like la turk or something like based on like turkish people and i think like in those days if you were from like anywhere east of (laughs) of like europe you were like known as a turk which is obviously like inaccurate problematic yeah yeah. problematic um is she literally peeing i'm like Oh, oh my god, god. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, she really was. <laughs> now she's playing with it. <laughs> oh, she's cleaning it up. Good girl. <laughs> okay. She's so okay. So yeah, let's get into the look. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so as we're talking about like the keywords before, extravagance, very like like a lot of like fluffy frills pastels oh yes pastels like light colors bright um i think when i think about uh, like typical like 17th century or like 18th century like dressing i Mm -hmm. imagine this kind of look of like the very like um super big skirt super big skirt and like the rococo period is when they started doing those weird like hip flare things yeah <laughs> i don't know how i feel they're, about those they're called the panniers yes um and they're like they're the like the hoop skirts but they're the wide hoops but it's the ones that extend sideways mm-hmm. so it's not just like a round petticoat it's like a one that like like you said the the hip thing. yeah like the, the, they made the hips like super exaggerated yeah. and the waist extremely small yeah. like we had the typical the corset. like corset yeah. bodice situation if you think of, um, if you know The Nutcracker, the ballet by um, Tchaikovsky and Balanchine, um, there's one dance where it's, like, this mom, and she's, like, often played by a man, and she's super, super, super tall, and it's, like, this huge skirt that it, like, hides, like, six kids under, and it's, like, it has, like, the really huge hip extension, so if you, like, understand that reference, that's, like, a good thing to, like, picture. Right. There was also, um, the name of, like, the typical rococo dress was called um what word is it called robe a la francoise francoise was the name of it um and this was just uh what am i saying so it was called robe a la francoise and it was characterized by like having like a low cut neck being like slightly shorter than the dresses before it so a little bit more like promiscuous and like getting that ankle yeah in a little bit of ankle like very like coquettish mm-hmm. yeah so definitely a little more like flirty and fun mm-hmm. and just like with the colors too um as opposed yeah. to sorry keep going as opposed to like the more baroque like darker palette and more severe lines do you have the writing of do you have like the the well, what it was called written down yes so robe Robe à la Françoise. Okay, robe à la Françoise. Robe à la Françoise. Um, so robe obviously, robe obviously means dress. Robe is, in, yeah, in, in French, French is French. dress. Um, I didn't know Françoise is interesting. I wonder if it's like named after a person. I'm not really yeah, sure. Because Françoise is a female name. So yeah. maybe it's just one girl named Françoise that was. They were like. Or maybe it was people outside of France were like, Françoise. And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, her the it girl of the time. I also well speaking of it girls there were a few it girls mm-hmm. of Rococo which I think is interesting um and Madame Pompadour was she predated um Marie Antoinette but she was kind of like one of the first people to do it because she started dressing like in lighter and frillier clothing um and then Marie Antoinette of course was like the probably like the it girl you yeah, know which I think is why like when most people think of fashion in this period is like they envision Rococo because Marie Antoinette is so iconic yeah and like her look has been recreated like hundreds of times so yeah and I think I think you're right like um 
when people think of like old like French fashion, they're gonna think of Rococo because yeah. of her, because of this era where it's like this is really just like one period of time that this existed yeah. in. But it's kind of become now known as just like overall French fashion pre you know, 19th century. Like. Yeah. Actually, I think when you likened it to punk, that was almost accurate because I think it was, wasn't that long, like, it was kind of short-lived, too. Yeah. Like, it got really popular and then it, like, basically dispersed to, like, influence a lot but not really, like, exist in its pure form like it did at the beginning. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, like, it spread out across Europe and then kind of fizzled out as most things do. Yeah. Um, as punk has done. As punk has done. Um... Something else, uh, like some other terms for like the clothing was they were like the pagoda sleeves, which obviously that's like the chinoiserie and Japanese like influence. Um, and that's basically just a sleeve that's tight from the shoulder mm-hmm. to the elbow and then has like the, the billowy rest of the sleeve. Right. Kind of like, oh, it flares. That's what the word I was looking for. Like you said, plunging neckline. And there was also, um, the skirts would open at the front to show the petticoat, and that's, like, petticoats were then, like, super fancy, because, like, yes. if, it, if you showed a little bit of it, you'd have to be, well, like, it had a lot of details, too. Yeah. Just, like, the bows and lace were, like, up. The bows and lace were <clears throat> all incorporated, <clears throat> were all incorporated um, in every which way, like, the decoration and just details. Yeah. And jewelry, too, like, just overall extravagance and yeah. kind of just like going and the powdered over the wigs. Top. That's oh, like yes. the greatest example of like extravagant is like at first they didn't wear wigs, but eventually like they slowly like moved into like mm-hmm. wigs and then the wigs were just like bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, like I don't even know how you could balance that. I know, I that's imagine like that would be so uncomfortable. The whole like, skill is to balance the wig. Yes. Um also dainty shoes. This is all I wanna this just umbrella this is all like women's clothes. Too. Yeah, that's true. The yeah. men's style's a bit different, but um the shoes became daintier, like the heels became slimmer like skinnier and like I forget how I read the description, but they um like the shoes also became much more decorated. They weren't like plain anymore. They were like they had like designs on them and like ornaments and decorations and that kind of stuff. For the men, in a similar way, um the, the term for, like, the men's clothing was habit à la française, mm-hmm. um, which was the basic, like, coat, waistcoat, and breeches. Um, Not as interested in, front, in male fashion, but... Well, what I think is interesting is that male fashion was really important in Rococo. That's true. No, it I do like, support men, like, you Oh, know. yeah, yeah. No, I know. But it's, like, like, sometimes, like, fashion is, like important just for one gender right or like it's kind of like unisex like any like when we're talking about b-boy b-girl it's like that was kind of like how everyone was yeah everyone kind of dressed one way Mm -hmm. but i think what's interesting with rococo is that the men and women it's really important for both of them but it's a little bit different yeah no for sure um just like also like a lot of like asymmetry and kind of just like off like quirky um kind of decoration um a lot of like curvature, which I guess could go for not just the fashion, but obviously the architecture. Mm-hmm. When you talk about architecture, it's you obviously talk about the kind of arch work and the curvature of like furniture and room decor. But even in fashion too, there was a lot of like play of like curves and creating the curves using those like large uh, underskirts. What do you call them? 
petticoats petticoats and oh the the panniers panniers right yeah and so just like creating like very interesting shapes with the body like yeah literally creating like interesting silhouettes like yeah no the silhouette was important um and for the men too because you know they had like breeches end around your knee and then it's like they would wear the white socks mm-hmm. into the shoes and it's like that's also like you know that's a different silhouette that like for men as well um and i also something the wigs between the men and different the wigs for men and women were a little bit different um because like for the men it was the there's one particular wig style called cadogan which is like there's it's the curls start like above the ear and they're horizontal and they go up um and for women it was a little more like the center was more important Mm -hmm. and then like also adding like you know flowers and like rice into the wig well like yeah like a lot of flower motifs definitely which is like seen in the painting too like they Mm -hmm. of course added a lot of like greenery and flowers um yeah i mean even now like you can see like inspiration taken from this period of time in in fashion like i think current in, in current yeah. fashion like um i was looking at like more recent like runways of like vivian westwood and Ooh. we talked about vivian westwood in our punk episode which is interesting yeah. so a lot of her um style is kind of like this like punk like marie antoinette style which yeah. is, is cool like a cool combination because a lot of it is like has like kind of like some frills but like a little bit dirty and edgy yeah um but her one of her runways i think from 2011 was like directly inspired from like rococo and like oh. except it was she made it very very androgynous so it was oh. kind of she had like both like men and women wearing like kind of like waistcoats and like you know breeches and stuff so it, she made a very like androgynous rococo-esque interesting uh, line. So it's, cool. it's really cool um also like rihanna's um lingerie line savage, oh, savage fenty savage fenty like very like i don't know i think the lace and like some of her like promo photos saw like yeah. they the models were like holding fans and they were wearing yeah. like like pastel colors so i think it's like you can see that and I think it's interesting that she used it for, like, it's used for a lingerie line, because it was, like, a very, like, flirty, like, coquettish, Risque, you know, yeah, style that, like, directly works for a lingerie yeah. line. Um, something else, I think just in general, in, uh, in fashion, like, but more, like, street style, I see, like, you know, like, the angel shirts where, like, the the kind of angel motif, like, the very, like, Rococo, yeah. like, imagery is kind of, like, used in a lot of fashion. But it's just, like, slapped on a t-shirt and it's, like, yeah. oh, cute. Well, yeah, the angel, yeah, the angel angel graphic is very popular. Yeah. Right now. I definitely noticed that. Um, and I think just, like, kind of the, the pastel, but, like, it's where it's, like, you use pastel co- colors, but you also, like, put filters on it that make it feel kind of dreamy. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's very, like, that's directly derived from Rococo. Oh, yeah. No, I think, like, there was a period where, like, I don't know, maybe, like, kind of a Tumblr aesthetic where, like, people were wearing a lot of, like, like that pastel, mm-hmm. like, internet style where it was, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but. I know what you're talking about because, like, I've seen it. I feel yeah. like, like. It's, like, lace and, like, very, like, cutesy mm-hmm. kind of. And also, even, like, we've talked about, when we talked about kawaii, we talked about, like, Lolita. And, like, yes. Lolita is very influenced by Rococo. 
that's so true yeah no that's a really good point i think a lot of like like japanese fashion is like rococo motifs in mm-hmm. it um like that very like cutesy kind yeah. of look is like taken from rococo with the big skirts and yes. everything yeah for sure and also just the wigs in general i mean the wigs nowadays are a lot more like they're a lot like they're more colorful or they're more like you know they're a little more like out there mm-hmm. but like in japan like having the wig as like part of the outfit is like a big thing and i feel like that has to be rococo like i mean honestly these are all definitely right. influenced by rococo because if that didn't happen in rococo it wouldn't have happened now you know and i just oh, think yeah. that's like so cool to think about like how something that happened so long ago is still like right. so important no definitely so I'm going to talk about music for sure yeah. because I had to endure many years of <laughs> Suzuki Violin School. Um, so Please share your knowledge. So, like, like at this period of time, there's actually... Where did I put my phone? Oh, damn. Thank you. <laughs> uh, at this time, um, this was, like, late Baroque definitely for... Music, but for music, but um, <laughs> la musique, la musique, uh, and I mainly focused on French um, composers mm-hmm. at the time. Um, it's weird because, like, I wonder what it would be like if, like, Rococo, if there was like contemporary Rococo music, but that doesn't exist. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think that really works. Like, I don't. Well, could it work though? Like, could yeah. someone make it happen? Let's start a band. And okay. Rococo. Let's do, let's do it. No, let's do like a DJ thing where we like remix like Rococo Whoa. instrumentation, or we just like, like a trap beat over. We play like pop songs, but like on the harpsichord. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to learn the harpsichord. I mean, I kind of know the piano, so yeah. we're good. Um, my mom knows the piano, so she can she can be <laughs> be our our star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so one of the biggest uh, composers at the time, he was French, he was Rococo, he was right there in the time, is Francois Couperin. Uh, Francois Couperin is actually probably more well known for a suite, I think it was made by Ravel, let me check real quick. Yes, Ravel called Le Tombeau de Couperin, um, and basically it's like this it's really great and it's that's impressionistic though um but it's it uses him as like the subject of that like suite but anyways that's how like i knew him before like i actually listened to his music um but he has music and it's a lot more like what you'd expect you know like it's it's harpers accord it's late baroque it's um it definitely like goes places that like most baroque music I would say doesn't it like mm-hmm. experiments a little more which i think kind of like defines it um and it's definitely yeah. like mostly very light like um compared to someone like bach who was like wasn't broke mm-hmm. but um was kind of like actually i don't remember <laughs> what time period bach was so. i think he was broke i think but he was like early broke okay yeah early like late classical no classical came after broke. oh shit okay i don't know <laughs> i learned this like in fourth grade and it's like, i should my know brain. this because I, I think bach also the thing that's tricky about bach is that he used a lot of um like 
church right, he stuff. He yeah. he like he was before worked Mozart, in the church. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mozart is kind of like he's classical, but like he definitely has like Rococo influence. And but I will get into that when we talk about movies. Um, well, yeah, I think also when I think of Rococo, I like thought of Mozart for some reason, but he's not because Mozart was a very like free spirit and like yeah. kind of like he was. In a similar way, he was, like, really big and really, like, making so much music and oh, yeah. for such a short period of time. Yeah, he kind of, he burned out. Yeah, super quick. Um, but I something that is important about this uh, Baroque music during the Rococo period is that it, it's all pretty much light and stealthy, which I think I said, but it's, like, yeah. it's not serious. And, like, previous Baroque music could be very serious, and this is, like, not serious at all. That's a good way, um, that's a good way to describe it, just, like, not taking yourself seriously, which is, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of... But then also being super extravagant. It's yeah, a very, like, like, over the top, like, like having fun. Yeah. Like, we're not, you know, we're just spending our money. We're not taking it all very seriously. So, I'm going to play a piece, part of a piece um, by Couperin. Um, and this one is called 19 Ordre, Troisième Livre, or 19th Order, Third Book. So, it's just, like... He, or it's well, it's called the La Muse Plantine, which is just like he made a book of songs, and that's kind of like how it would work back then with music. It was they wouldn't title their pieces. Sometimes, like later, more near classical and romantic, they would start titling things and okay. being like, "This is what it's called." Um, like this is the name of the piece, but really um, in Baroque, like it was mostly like opus whatever, and right, a lot of things right. are referred to as like opus whatever. They would oh, give yes. them names once in a while, but here is this. what's funny is that I talked about it being light and fluffy but I did choose a minor piece but I also think that's like important to talk about that it's not it's still light despite it having like a minor tune Mm -hmm. and it's definitely like something that could just be played like kind of in the background and not like kind of over dramatic yeah like heavy like yeah very dramatic piece yeah it is minor but it's still like Mm -hmm. kind of has that lightness to it um and also something interesting to talk about is like ornamentation is something that we used to talk about like the art and like the The clothing clothing. yeah and ornamentation is like a really big thing in music too especially baroque music um and classical music um and it's like the thing when the piano does a little trill when it goes da da dum that's like actually an ornament Mm. um so it's like it was implied by the composer usually that you would do an ornament there but sometimes it was like not like directly notated to do that um it might just be like a small notation again Mm. my music theory knowledge has like lessened a lot like I've forgotten a lot of stuff but like that's generally like the idea Mm. um and also this is late broke so it is kind of like starting to get into classical and you can kind of hear that like in the music that it's not like 
this piece in particular is probably one of the later ones and it's like not the most baroque stiff kind of like thing well it's interesting i feel like you hear about classical music and baroque music but you don't there's nothing i don't know i've never heard the term like rococo music so yeah. i think like it's either like late baroque or like early classical is kind of oh, for like sure. how they refer to it um Okay, so another composer um, at the time, uh, Rameau, he's really, he's also pretty well known. Like, I know I've played Rameau pieces before. Like, he's just kind of like one of those staples, like, <laughs> late Baroque guys that you're going to play, like, no matter what. Um, but this one I thought was particularly beautiful. Um, it's called, it's from his suite called Les Boreades. Um, and this one is Entrée. Um, and I do not know what this word is, but I'm going to try, people. Dabari, which I think, and it's like all the, all these words, this one's in French, um, but it's like muses and like nymphs and like all these like okay. mythical kind of creatures. So this is like where some of the mythical uh, imagery comes into play. Um, but I thought this one was cute. So we'll play this Rameau. I think that's a great example because I think it also like has the kind of like flirtatious like yes. sound that like you would expect um no definitely very, like, light it sounds like what the paintings look yeah. like it's very like elegant but also you know like fun too yeah not so serious um and then I'm gonna do one last one um which is not from the Rococo period um but uh, something that a lot of romantic composers did um and this one you know Tchaikovsky, um, who was like a super well-known romantic composer. Um, yes. So romanticism was in music was after like, classical. A- after classical. Yeah. Okay. It pretty much it ended before um, the 20th century, but pretty much like ran in like. Was Beethoven romantic? He was on the bridge between classical and romantic. Okay. See, I know, I know a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Okay, but he wrote something which a lot of, like, romantic composers did, which he wrote something called uh, Variations on a Rococo Theme. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Which shows, like, that Rococo was something in music that was important. You know, this kind of, like, space in between Baroque and classical. Mm -hmm. Um, Forget which one I liked, because I can't see the full titles on my phone. Um, But they're all kind of, like, the same. Like, they have, like, a similar thing. When composers do variations there's usually like one theme that is like if you listen to each of them you would hear like the same kind of like melody throughout them it would just be like changed to like be a different variation which sounds self-explanatory but sometimes it's like you just see the words and you're like that means something and like don't like think about it so I wanted to kind of explain that but here's like the main one I think Thank you. 
So that, unfortunately, we can't play the whole thing for you guys, but that was the whole theme. Oh, really? So that later, yeah, that, that, it was like 45 seconds. Oh. That's the theme that he then builds on for the rest of the movements. Interesting, right? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs>